Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kansas City falls to Philadelphia last night. It was a tight game in bad conditions. But Perloff, I can't excuse what I've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs offense over kind of the whole season. But particularly the last three games, they have not scored in the second half of any of their last three games, and they've lost two out of three. They cannot score in the fourth quarter of games at all this year. Luckily for them, the defense has just been incredible. But the offensive stuff, it's not just comparing it to Chiefs teams of the past. It's also just comparing it to right now. The 26 drops leads the NFL. They have 19 giveaways. That's third most. They're the lowest fourth quarter scoring team in the NFL. Like, that, that's not just comparing it to, oh, the 2019 Chiefs. That's comparing it to right now. There is something wrong. Is it? Yes, there is definitely something wrong. The drops for the receivers is the thing that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's also part style here. They have transformed who they are as a team. They're a defense team who can run the ball. I mean, you're telling me in the first half, you didn't say, wow, at Isaiah Pacheco. That dude runs so angry. He's a new weapon they have. They can win in different styles now than they they used to be able to win. They used to have to outwit a shootout. Now you can see them winning with defensive running. The problem is they don't quite know how to milk that lead. They're not. They haven't figured it out yet. Well, they only had a ten point lead at half. It was seventeen. Ten point lead at half at Arrowhead. That's not insignificant. Yeah, but not against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have made a habit of overcoming double digit deficits and have made a habit of pulling out wins even when they've been trailing at half. Which is it's become like a Jalen Hurts calling card. And honestly, if Hurts ends up winning the MVP this year, I think you're going to look to a lot of that, like the resiliency, the overcoming, you know, some slow starts. That's probably going to be a big part of his candidacy, quite frankly. And so you can, if you, if if the Chiefs are actually taking the Eagles like for granted last night, then then things are even worse than I thought because you got to know better that you're welcoming in maybe the best team in the NFL. Maybe San Francisco has a thought to that. Maybe Baltimore, whatever. But you're welcoming one of the best teams in the NFL to think you can sit on a ten point lead and squat on that is crazy. Yeah, I mean, same thing happened against Detroit too, where they tried to sit on. I think it was. 10 or 14 point lead in the second half. I think the weather also played into this. Are you going to say that you expect the Chiefs to have two red zone turnovers against good teams moving forward? When have they ever done that? Well, against good defenses, I know it's rare, but again, I'm I'm pointing out stats to you that all of this stuff looks yeah. is out of the ordinary. That's for the all going to fix itself. It's all going to fix itself in the next six weeks. Okay, I'm but, telling you because the schedule's light for okay, one thing. Okay, listen, it, things are definitely breaking right for the yeah. Chiefs. I think at this point, it's like. You have Baltimore. Who else is really a threat to you in the AFC? I mean, I Miami, well, maybe. Miami. I, w- I wish my Buffalo Bills, but I think they unfortunately probably dug themselves in too deep of a hole already. Jacksonville? That <sighs> nah, seems tough. They're yeah. a little young. I got I to gotta see a little bit more from Jacksonville. Their offense is going through some stuff, too. But I just, everything's breaking right for them, but they could lose to anybody with these types of problems. You could lose to a high school team with these types of problems because it's penalties at bad times. It's the drops you mentioned in the red zone, which were huge. 
It's not being able to connect on explosive plays. The two, the most glaring difference in this game last night was on one side, Devontae Smith caught a 40-yard pass that set the Eagles up at the one for the go-ahead touchdown. And on the flip side, the Chiefs wide receiver uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropped a 50-yard touchdown in the end zone. I mean, if you want to distill it down to the most obvious, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, the two different passes. I think MVS was going 100 miles an hour in a cold red. It was not the easiest catch in the world. No, but he had his he had the defender beat, beat by, by five yeah. yards. Uh, actually, it's on a monitor right in front of us now. He obviously should have caught it, but it wasn't the easiest catch in the world on that particular night. MVS has always had those kind of drops. I think that's why he was available for the Chiefs mm. as well. He should actually go to the Jets where he would fit right in on the Aaron Rodgers, oh, former boy. Packers, wide receiver <laughs> team. Haven't they had enough? I think the Chiefs, they do have to make adjustments. Listen, nobody's going undefeated. You're going to lose some games. So the question to me is not what are the Chiefs doing wrong, is what are they going to do next? The first thing they have to do is stop throwing the ball to Justin Watson on every play. What is going on there, Maggie? Why is this guy getting 11 targets? Isn't he the fourth or fifth wide receiver on this team? Well, I think it's probably because Kelsey just demands so much attention, and he's the guy who kind of has a body like Kelsey. Yeah, so Rashi Rice has been great. I don't know why they don't target him more. I know they don't trust Kadarius Tony, but you you gotta because he's the one who cost him the week one game against Detroit in a similar situation. You gotta get him out there. They do have an option of going to different receivers. And I think that's what they're gonna do in the coming weeks. Well, we'll see if they make any changes. Eight five five two one two four CBS again. If the season ended today, which I know it doesn't, but if the season ended today, the Chiefs would no longer occupy the top spot in the AFC. And if that trend continues, that means no AFC championship game in Arrowhead. That would be the first time in what? Five years? Six years? Crazy. So that'd be a little bit different. That'd be a little bit of foreign territory for the Chiefs. Meanwhile, the Eagles, I mean, Cruz, not Cruz. I mean, they won this game, but things are setting up very nicely for them. And Hurts, for as much as they talked about his knee last night and the knee brace he's wearing, Rushed in a couple touchdowns, still executed the tush push. I mean, yeah, good I mean, enough. That tush push is huge. It is. I you like can't underestimate how important it is to that team. <laughs> Big butts. It's the. It was funny. The broadcasters last night said you got to get to them on first and second down because if they get third and short, it's over. I have to be honest, if the NFL ever outlawed that, the Eagles would be in big trouble. There was a flag at the goal line, and I panicked. I said, oh, no, the officials are coming after the tush push. But they called the the defense for being in the neutral zone, yeah. which has happened a couple times this year. It is, it's probably the Eagles' best weapon. Do you think that's fair to say? Probably. Definitely. But what is what <laughs> has there ever been a team where a two-yard run is their best weapon? It's amazing. It's Totally unique in the 105-year history of the NFL. I know. Listen, they won the Super Bowl with it last year. It's I think, conti- they lost. I'm oh, sorry. They lost the Super yeah. Bowl, but they executed it, what, five times in the Super Bowl, they Did said? They, was it that many times? I think they said it last night. I mean, yes, got them to a Super Bowl, I should say, rewriting history, Maggie. Uh, and they keep using it. And even if Hertz's knee is an issue, it doesn't stop them. There was one point where they had, I think, a third and one, and they were in shotgun. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this must be about Hertz's knee. It's like, nah, don't worry. They're going to run this play like five more times. And they did. And it worked every single time. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, do we have a poll up? Yes, we have two polls up, actually. Okay. So the first one we asked earlier in the show, um, based on Tom Brady's conversation, saying essentially I think the NFL is watered down and there's a lot of mediocrity was the word that he used. So we asked the simple question, what was a better product? The NFL now, the NFL 20 years ago. Right now, 20.2% say the NFL now. 
79.8% say the NFL 20 years ago. Wow. So a lot of the Twitter people really agreeing with Tom Brady so far. And then the question we had coming out of the last segment, talking about Travis Kelsey and whether or not he was a humble person, because Perloff says that he doesn't see Kelsey no. being this Hollywood guy that perhaps Maggie does. So we asked the question, do you consider Travis Kelsey a humble person? 51% say yes. 48% say uh, no. Close. Let that one marinate a little bit. I think uh, one of the reasons he connects, this is going to sound totally insane, connects with Taylor Swift is they're both kind of not small town people, but they don't come from a big glamorous background. I think that there's probably Taylor Swift kind of likes that about him. Yeah. She's I mean, from Reading. I mean, no, I at the end it. of the day, <laughs> like I know she's the most famous pop star in the world right this moment, but at the end of the day, I think she probably connects to Kelsey at some deeper level. Hey, are, were these two kind of humble background guys who made it big? I, I did ask in the Twitch chat because I was curious what the, the people on Twitch and YouTube were saying. And uh, someone noted that I forgot that Travis Kelsey at one point had his own dating show. <laughs> he had a dating show, SNL. He's got every commercial under the sun right now. Dating most famous pop star on earth. Uh, number one podcast for a long time. Number too. one podcast. I mean, he has every touchdown dance known to man. He called the mayor of Cincinnati a jabroni. He, he's got to fight for your right to party. I don't consider this guy humble. We were at the draft in Kansas City last year, and it was excellent, and Kansas City did a great job hosting. He was, like, headlining. His name was headlining a music festival. <laughs> like, this isn't, you know, sitting at a dive bar in but, the corner. Maybe he has that part of his personality, too, but there's nothing low-key about... I Travis understand what Kelsey. you're saying, but calling guy Jabroni, yeah, he's he's one of us. He's salt of the earth. That's what I'm saying. He's just he's kind of a guy's guy. He's not. Uh, he's definitely not a diva. He's definitely not a guy who comes like Hollywood in the sense that he's better than anyone. No, no, I don't think he comes off as being better or superior, but I do think he comes off as he's got a brand. It's like he's totally Wall Street Journal. He's talking at every microphone. I mean, this dude does not miss. Like he doesn't, you know. He doesn't sit one out, put it that way. But there is a, <laughs> ever. I really believe this. I'm not just saying this. Are you? If you listen to New Heights, there's definitely a humility there. He defers to his older brother all the time. Well, it's his older brother. And no, I just think you listen to that. I'm like, wow, these are two good guys. I think that's why people respond to New Heights podcast. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Matt is in Massachusetts. Wants to react to um, Brady saying that he couldn't believe. And he can't imagine a world where Bill Belichick is not coaching in Foxborough. Matt, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Maggie. Good morning, Andrew. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. You too, bud. Um, thank you. Uh, by the way, hell of a big boy win last night, Andrew, for your Eagles, I might add. Um, I-, I wanted to comment on what Brady said about seeing that he could not see Belichick coaching after this year. He might want to consider changing that thought because I don't know if any one of you guys have been paying attention about what's going up here in Massachusetts, but we are ready to move on from Bill Belichick like you wouldn't believe. And to me, the number one reason why I'm ready to move on from Bill Belichick like a lot of others is this simple. He is dying on the hill of his stubborn, egotistical ways of not adapting to the times of the National Football League. Mm -hmm. And when you don't change with the times, I don't care what the hell your resume is, you're going to fall flat on your face, and he is falling flat on his face like nothing I have ever seen in this town. You know what, Matt? It's, It's interesting. 
Brady said, and thank you for the phone call and the perspective. Brady said he can't see Belichick not coaching in New England. And I said, I think the rest of us are getting a little bit more comfortable with yeah. it. But I, I do want to bring up um, another Tom Brady soundbite because I think it's relevant here. Uh, Carlos, how about cut six? So Tom Brady saying Belichick is probably preparing the Pats the same way this year as he did in 2007. I don't think he's probably coaching much difference now than when we were undefeated in 2007. Right. I'm sure he's preparing the team the same way. The results are different, but again, that's why the sport's so challenging. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons why teams win or lose. The head coach is a very small part on game day. Yes. The quarterback plays a really big part on game day. Not mm -hmm. the entire thing, but because you touch the ball, you have a big opportunity to impact the game. So if you get good quarterback play, and that says nothing about, the, you know, I'm just talking in general about football. Right. You know, you got an advantage. If you play really good defense, you got a, a, a great advantage. I mean, you need a good defensive coordinator. You know, there's a, ultimately it's a lot of things coming together, why things work and why they don't. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, listen to that and you're taking away from it. Oh, the quarterback has more to do with their success on game day than the head coach does. And, you know, it was definitely he was going down the road of maybe taking out Mac Jones there and then did an abrupt left turn and saved it. But the beginning there, I think, is relevant to what people like Matt and, and fans in Massachusetts are saying, which is he's preparing the team the same way in 2007 that he is now. Is that right? Like, I get being mm. true to your core philosophies and things like that, but is there... Well, he meant it as a nice thing. He meant it as a nice thing, but is there a lack of evolution? No, I I think it meant that he. you can't say he's doing a bad job now. He's doing the same job he was doing then. Right. When they won Super Bowls. But, I, I mean, what but is I think the league he, changing? Well, I didn't take it that way. Okay. I think what he really thought was, now nah, his quarterback sucks, and you see what happens. Right. Uh, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, well, either that or just Mac Jones is really bad. So I, I think what Brady was saying, you can't, you could still be the best coach. Belichick could still be the best coach in the league, but you can't overcome bad quarterback play. And I kind of agree with that in a sense. If you're, I don't care if you're the ultimate genius, you're Sean McVay on offense and Buddy Ryan on defense. Help me out with a defensive guy or D'Amico Ryan. How about well, last <laughs> well, night? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's had ups and downs. Vic in his Fangio. Career. Yeah, if you're Vic Vangio, anyway, if your quarterback stinks, what are you going to do? That's what I took out of that. Well, and I, but I think that the crazy thing about Belichick is, isn't he responsible for the selection of Mac Jones? Isn't he responsible? Even well, though he's a defensive guy, he's responsible for the development of Mac Jones, and Mac Jones has only gone backwards. Well, listen, Bill Belichick, the GM, is a lot, a lot different than Bill Belichick, the coach. Bill Belichick, the GM, has made some mistakes. No doubt. Big ones. 855-212-4CBS, 855 for two two seven, so yeah, whether or not Brady could see Belichick leaving New England, I think everyone in New England can see Belichick leaving New England. <laughs> Sounds that way. They're, they're hoping for it. Yeah, it does sound like they're hoping for it. And I love the you know the Mike Vrabel on the hot seat. I'm like, man, you're playing right into the Patriots' hands if you want to create a swirling thing around Mike Vrabel in Wait, Tennessee. I think. By the way, how many people said he was on the hot seat? My understanding of this story is somebody said, one or two people said, is he really on the hot seat? Well, I read an article about coaches on the hot seat yesterday yeah. on ESPN.com, and yeah. Mike Vrabel was one of them. I thought that Vrabel had essentially won a power play situation in Tennessee when the GM got fired and he stayed. This was two years ago. I didn't realize he was on the hot seat. I thought this should have been a pure tank situation from word go he, entering the season, and now they've stumbled on to a tank situation. You can't win without a quarterback. Same situation. They they eked out at some playoff runs with Ryan Tannehill, but they have to start over at that position. I know, And I don't mean second round and third round picks. Yeah. They need to start over. 
Although, Will Levis did look pretty good in that first game. The first game, but what happened since? Where'd all the 50-yard yeah. touchdowns go? I have no idea. And that was some garbage-time stats against the Jacksonville Jaguars well, uh, yeah, last weekend. sweet flea flicker. That was awesome. He does throw a nice pass, and he can run a little bit. I, I can't believe Tennessee would would fire Mike Vrabel. To me, this is shocking. No, but could could the Patriots trade for him? Wait, trade I thought he was Belichick on the hot seat. Why would they have to trade? If he's on the hot seat, how can... You, you can't trade for a guy on the hot seat. No, it's, but... There's a huge. You have to be a coach who's piping hot to be trade worthy. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Patriots want to get Vrabel in there because he's a Belichick disciple, but wasn't in the building with Gosh. Belichick on the coaching staff. So he's going to go from Will Levis to another rookie next year, and probably not the number one rookie. That's tough for Vrabel. That's it's going to be hard to win in New England for a little while till they find that quarterback. Well, New England right now is a top three pick if the season ended today. Yeah, can you I, see Drake May being good with that team right now? It's going to be tough. I think the one thing, though, for Vrabel, if you are on the hot seat, maybe you do want to get traded to New England because now at least you'll have essentially a fresh new clock. Like if he has maybe one or two years left to kind of fix his Titans thing before he has to, before he gets fired, you say, hey, trade me to New England. I have a good four or five years where I can rebuild this thing as opposed to trying to fix what is clearly a broken roster in Tennessee in a year or two. But why would New England give up a second-round pick for a coach who's on the hot seat? I mean, would they just wait it out till they get him fired, right? I guess, but you it might not. The timelines might not sync up, and they might be able to get something for Belichick because he can get traded. I mean that that was an important detail that came out a couple weeks ago that Bill Belichick is still under contract, and I don't think anyone believes he's going to retire. So a team who wants Belichick, and believe me, there's going to be teams out here there who want him. I mean, we can yeah, you know make fun right. now about the they haven't been able to find a wide receiver and the quarterbacks a mess and all that, and is hiring his kid, but. Teams are going to want him. This is all setting up very badly. Very, I, I could see For Belichick who? going to Belichick going to Tampa Bay and not having a quarterback and struggling. <laughs> not going to Tampa after Brady went to Tampa. Well, Tampa's been reported in the mix. I can't imagine Brady goes to Tampa now. Belichick's going to go to Tampa. Where do old people go, Maggie? <laughs> <laughs> Tampa, you're right. Eight, I five, mean, five, two, two. how many? If there are what seven vacancies next year, we know Tampa's going to be one of them. We know L.A. Chargers are going to be one of them. But if the Chargers don't want him. I could, if you're the Chargers and you have a 26 year old quarterback, do you want a 72 year old coach? Or do you want a young offensive genius to build with this guy? Okay, but where are the geniuses? There's a couple. Ben Johnson. Okay, but he's never been a head coach. He could co- totally crash and burn. Yeah, but the geniuses, the way the NFL works, they see the offensive coordinators and say, that, that's my genius. You know, they see a young Sean McVay, they see Kyle Shanahan. I think that's what owners want. Now, you're right. It doesn't always work, okay. but that's how I would think as an owner. I don't know about Ben Johnson's background. He's obviously the offensive coordinator for the Lions. But two things that Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, who people bring up all the time, and rightfully so, what were the one that there's one very big difference about those two guys than a lot of other people in the league? Kyle Their Shanahan's hair. dad was a Super Bowl winning head coach, great hair, Super Bowl winning <laughs> head coach, and Sean McVay's grandfather was a GM and a lifer in the NFL. These guys like had this sort of, they've lived the NFL. They were almost groomed to be head coaches from birth. Wait, is that a plus or a minus? Uh, but I thought the thing was most of the sons of coaches, like Steve Belichick, for example, are only in there because of their dad. No, I think that these two guys have had this unique situation where they were basically groomed, and they obviously have the aptitude and all of that, groomed to be head coaches from the womb. I have no idea. I, I don't know Ben Johnson's background, but his dad's probably a high school coach. They're all the same. What's it? I don't think the, the 
backgrounds are that radically different. I think it is. I think when you grow up in it, it's a little bit different. Doesn't mean you're automatically going to succeed, but but if you also have the talent, I think it helps. But all great coaches, obviously, by nature of the job, are going to be promoted from an assistant coach to a head coach. Andy Reid was a quarterback. Andy Reid was never even an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. So you got to find that Andy Reid. You got to find that Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. And it sure seems like Ben Johnson is that guy. He's going to have his pick of jobs. And you have to, Maggie, one thing you do agree with me, you have to take an offensive coach. It's 2023. There is no reason to bring in a Matt Eberflus. Uh, I'll agree with you on that. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, a lot more to do, including I've got a Thanksgiving dilemma, and I don't have a lot of time to figure it out. So I'm going to need some help from everyone in the room and everyone listening to the sound of my voice. All hands on deck here, guys. 855-212-4CBS. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. All right. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. So we picked the Defensive Player of the Week. I have a theory, Maggie. This is EJ's pick, so EJ's we guess. Pick. EJ knows that I'm riding high on the Eagles winning last night, wearing green. So to bring me down to earth, he's going to pick a Dallas Cowboy and Micah Parsons as a Defensive <laughs> Player of the Week. Just to counter hmm. my, because he can't go last. You can't go Monday Night Football for Tuesday. That's too obvious. Chris Jones was a monster, but they lost. I think it's a Parsons. I think he had two, two or three sacks on Sundays. Uh, back in the defensive player of the year mix, uh, or Miles Garrett can be every week. So. Yeah, he's. But I'll go with a uh, get Parsons gets his turn. I know, but it's impossible to be like, oh, Perloff's got to be humbled because you went into the game picking the Chiefs yes. and you came out of it saying nothing matters. According, well, right according to plan. Yeah. I have to be honest. I deserve a game ball for that, picking the Chiefs in my pick. That's kind of why the Eagles won. Oh, because you emotionally hedge? Uh, I, I think, think the emotional hedge, the bulletin board material, you know, I think that you saw on Jason Kelsey's locker, there was a picture of my face. Yeah, the X through it. He said, how could Pearl off there pick them? Uh, no, but I, I think that Parsons deserves it as well. Who do you got? Uh, I was going to say maybe someone on the 49ers. They look back up to par. That defense, they lost to Funga, which um, is a big loss anytime you lose an all-pro safety. At the same time, there's so much talent on the defense for the 49ers. I'm wondering, are you going to notice that he's uh, that he's gone? You, and no disrespect to Hufunga, but this is a very talented top-to-bottom defense. It is, but even Baker got cooking a little bit on Sunday. So if you can just get the pass off before you get killed by one of those defensive linemen, you got a chance. That's a weakness on that team. But wait, let's pick who is the Defensive Player of the Week first. All right, tell us. So this week's Defensive Player of the Week is Deron Lamb of the oh, Dallas Cowboys. Duh, who of got, course. Who got yeah. in. Carlos is very happy sitting next to me here. That so, was my pick. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're idiots. Four pick sixes yes, now in the his, season. Yeah, but this was his fourth pick, pick six of the season. And what I loved about it is you guys know I like somebody who talks a big game and backs it up. Apparently before the game, he or during the, actually during the game, he told Dak Prescott, I'm going to get one. And Dak Prescott said, oh, so you're going to get a pick, right? And he gets a pick six, and he went back to me and said, you know when I get an interception, I'm talking about getting a pick six. (laughs) So he called his shot in the game that he was going to get a pick six, got it, fell, picked up, and ran to the end zone. So Deron Bland, he's been uh, an absolute stud this year. So he was an easy choice for defensive player of the week this week. We should have known Perloff, but... Okay, give Deron Bland a lot of credit for that. You know, he was basically Trey Diggs' backup coming into the season, right? And, yeah, and now yeah. has stepped into this role. However, 
Bryce Young is a pick six waiting to happen. This has been a very tough rookie season for the Alabama. And also, Micah Parsons was basically lined up where the fullback was in the pit. He was in that backfield the entire (laughs) game. So I would, Deron Bland is awesome in these picks, and so is Trayvon Diggs. The pass rush is why these plays are happening with Dallas. Can I get to my Thanksgiving dilemma? Sure. Okay, and I know you have a similar dilemma because we're in the same boat. I think I have the same dilemma. Okay, well, mine's a little little more cute, but I'll explain because we could really use some help here, everyone in the room and everyone in the audience. So this is the first time anything like this has ever happened to me, but we... Perloff and I both got a thank you gift for doing a favor for somebody. And it was not even a big favor. And it was very nice for someone to send us like a thank you gift. Honestly, I didn't even know that it was a thank you for a favor until just this moment. We did something. (laughs) I'll explain (laughs) it off there. I appreciate that. So they said, you know, I want to send you something. Said, okay, you don't have to, but sure, if you'd like to. Okay. So a, a week or two goes by and you kind of forget. And then all of a sudden, this package shows up at my house, and I know at Perloff's house too, and it was big, and it was, like, contents frozen. I'm like, all right, contents frozen. Like, okay, so someone sent us some kind of food item. That's really nice. Open it up. It's a 20-pound turkey. It's kind of a lot to send to somebody. Again, appreciate it. Antibiotic-free. I mean, looks really nice, beautiful, organically farmed Awesome turkey. Here's the problem. I'm not hosting Thanksgiving. And not only am I not hosting, I'm getting on an airplane to go somewhere else. So I can't bring a 20-pound frozen turkey with me anywhere. So now I just got this big bird in my freezer, and I'm not hosting Christmas either. I have no idea when this thing's going to get cooked. So you knew a present was coming. I had no idea. Nobody told me anything. And this box comes. Do you remember when I asked you for your address? No. Oh, okay. Well, you sent it to me. <laughs> uh, but did you know it was a turkey? I had no idea it was okay. anything that was formerly a So I have, I have, an, I have a, actually, a, it is a more acute issue. Yeah. So I had no idea this box had a turkey in it. So yeah. it sat all day in my apartment. You didn't see frozen contents on the side? No, I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> even home. It was just sort okay. of dropped off. And at the end of the day, there's this box there. And I open it up, and there's a turkey. It defrosted about 10%. You're fine. Then I suck it. But you say that. But how do you know that? So I stuck it in the freezer. How, so it could defrost a little bit, put it, refreeze it. I feel that that's a bad formula, especially a turkey. Because a lot of diseases are passed through turkey. I think you're okay, but you, at least you could, in theory, take this turkey somewhere. Well, I'm driving to Philadelphia, so I guess I could drive it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Down. I couldn't, even if I was at home, I can't cook a turkey like that. It's so Were big. You gonna, do you know how to cook a turkey? Yeah, I mean, we used to host Thanksgiving a lot. I've never hosted Thanksgiving. Yeah. Our oven barely works. There's no way that we <laughs> could cook this turkey. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm assuming we'll go to my parents' house. They already have a turkey, I think. You should call them and see I if know, they need I meant a second to call one. Them. But I'm getting down there Thursday at 1 o'clock, so uh, they're not going to wait. It takes late. a while to <laughs> cook a turkey. 
This is going to be an extra turkey. I don't know what we're going to do with it. Again, this is going to sit here maybe until next Thanksgiving. I mean, I think you guys have a, a great opportunity. Maggie's in a little bit more trouble because of the flight. But, I mean, we think about Thanksgiving and leftovers. And I love leftovers. But, you know, after, you know, once you get to Saturday, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Maybe you're starting to lose, lose a bit of the luster. Like, if you can actually say, hey, you know, we're going to make another turkey on Saturday. Seems like a great solution to no. finishing your, your meal for the weekend. I'm you're telling me someone's going to want to cook another turkey on Saturday? <laughs> it's the only thing you got to cook. Besides, the other sides are made. It's only one thing you have to make. We have another tradition in my house, by the way. It's the Friday Thanksgiving cheesesteaks. Oh, Remember right, last right. year? Yes. So I'm, I I able to go full turkey Thursday, full cheesesteak Friday. I can't fit another turkey in, EJ. <laughs> but we should actually give these. It's that light fare on we Friday. We should obviously give meat. these turkeys away, but I don't yeah, even I know. know. That's well, what I was going to say. Yeah. you got to be able to donate. But Crystal Presti is here, but like where, what? Yeah. Is there, uh, there's no turkey drop-off boxes. It's not no, like a coat. It's got, is there, a soup I mean, kitchen? I'm sure you could, yeah, Google right. a soup, soup kitchen, kitchen and a right. shelter yeah, of some We're sort yeah. locally. We didn't get Deron Bland, and now we didn't get the fact we could just drop a turkey Yeah, here's a, a partially defrosted, refrozen turkey. <laughs> You're going to give everyone salmonella? Yeah, just make sure that you have an ambulance <laughs> handy when you serve this. I mean, yeah, turkey drives happening in the city yeah. literally every five minutes right. for the next two days. I know, so but I, I never. I know there's something. Turkey drives, like you get buy a turkey and give it to them? No, 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 but they're giving them out. Donate. But see, yeah. I always wonder, because people are, we're all very skeptical of one another these days. Like, usually the turkey drive, you're there to get a turkey. Oh, if yeah. I you dropped one off. It. Yeah, hey, yeah. add this to it's your like, hey, yeah. distribution. Yeah, right. I got one for you. People mm. would be like, get your weird turkey out of here. But it's a great turkey. There's no, but there's another opportunity here. Like, you know, we see a lot of these celebrities, a lot of <laughs> companies, a lot of, you know, um, athletes will do turkey drives in yeah. their neighborhoods. How about we have the Maggie and Perloff turkey drop? We have two turkeys. Two though. turkeys. <laughs> the it? first two people that show up, you get a free turkey. That's the lamest turkey drive. Grand in, opening, grand closing. <laughs> in the history of turkey drives. We'll really see who are the real fans. Who will be who will be quick enough to say, "I'm gonna get to wherever they are, so I can get these turkeys and and get a picture with Maggie and Perloff." Oh Honestly, I think if I drop off a turkey at a Brooklyn place, they <laughs> might arrest me on the spot. <laughs> Who's this weird guy dropping off a turkey? I'll tell you, it's suspect. Uh, it's very, very odd. Sus, and this, the kids the say. two. Yeah. The two turkey drive, Maggie and Perloff, two turkey drive is <laughs> even get more roasted, suspect. No pun intended, by yeah. everybody. Two turkeys, that's all we have. And they were gifts. So and, we're just re gifting turkeys. We're not and even And they may or them. may not be partially unfrozen. But it sounds like you <laughs> let yours sit there for a little while, too. Uh, just a couple hours. When did you receive these turkeys? When? Yeah. Uh, a couple days ago. Okay. I'm seeing, also, I'm seeing a lot of drives that uh, finished over this past weekend. You might, you might yeah, run into Tuesday. a little timing issue now. I know. Shoot. Anyway, see you last year with headlines. I do actually have a plan. So my brother-in-law is Filipino, and he does the uh, cooks it with oil in a deep in a vat. So we can he can experiment with this turkey. You, you realize the big thing with that, right? The the fire risk and what to do with the oil, those kind of things. It cannot be frozen when you drop it into. It'll that. literally, ex- yeah. it'll literally it shoot explode. off into space. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I, well, you can't. Obviously, I'm going to defrost it. By definition, this turkey is getting defrosted. Because I have to drive it down to Philly for three hours. So it might not maybe be fully four defrosted hours. by that. How many well, I know. I was going to take it like out in the 20. morning. Wow. Yeah, How long it. does it take to defrost I a turkey to, in room temperature? When I would post Thanksgiving, I would take the turkey from the freezer, move it to the fridge like four days before Thanksgiving. Four days. Four days? Yeah. Wow. That seems dicey. It's yeah. rock solid frozen right now. It's a weapon. Yeah. She's got it. 
Four days. So if you have a 20-pound turkey and you're going to defrost it in the refrigerator, make sure you have enough time for four full days of thawing in the fridge. Okay, but it'll be in the car, yeah, and that, there's often traffic uh, on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> so room temperature. Well, you're only two days away. Is just put it in the fridge now, yeah, no, and then put it in the that's car. My I'm glad I asked this question. Okay. You'd have to. You'd have to. <laughs> We're digging travel, deep here. Travel to Philly with the turkey on the hood of the car. All right, you ready? Frozen meat thaws from the outside in, left to defrost on the counter or out of the refrigerator. The exterior of the turkey will thaw faster than the center, putting areas that reach the USDA danger zone temperature at risk for bacteria development. The two-hour mark is where things start to get dicey. By the way, I don't even know where this turkey was mailed from. We're (laughs) ignoring the fact that a turkey arrived in the mail. I'm sorry, I've never... I bought turkeys at stores. Yeah, this is weird. Uh, you know, a UPS turkey here. We're already behind the eight ball. But it, way, and it looks like a very high-end turkey. It is. Organic, yeah. all sorts of good things going I on. I want that turkey to go to waste. By the way, thank you, Fred. Uh, CeeLo is here with some updates. Yeah, let's transition to the Eagles, who were down 10 at the half last night in Kansas City. Really had nothing going offensively, but once again, Jalen Hurts would find a way. Hurts calling for the football. Late in the third quarter. Chiefs lead by 10. Hurts takes the snap. It's a quarterback keeper. He runs up the middle. He scores. He scores. Merrill Reese going a little hockey call for us on Eagles radio there. First of two rushing scores for Hurts. The other was a one-yard tush push after he hit Devontae Smith deep for 41 yards, and that held up as the difference with the Philly defense pitching a second-half shutout of the defending champs. Eagles 21, Chiefs 17. That's three straight games. Patrick Mahomes and company have failed to score after 30 minutes. That was at Denver against the Dolphins in Germany, and now at home against the Eagles coming out of their bye week. Simple is we just got to be better in the second half. I mean, all season long, we haven't played great football in the second half, so um, we have to continue to work. Um, obviously, had a pretty good first half running the football, um, but uh, we got to find a way to finish games offensively. They outgained Philly 336 to 238. They ran it 30 times for 168. That's basically five and a half yards per carry, but you had the end zone interception from Mahomes in the first half, and Travis Kelsey lost a fumble in the red zone in the second half. Here's Andy Reid on his team's continued second half struggles. We got to take care of business there and um, get get it done. So I'm, I'm not standing here having to talk to you guys about this. You know, I, I want to, I wanted to, uh, I want to get it right and. So I'm a part of that, too. My throat hurts just listening to him. I mean, I know that's his Screaming. natural voice. It's yeah. not as bad as Doc Rivers. Or did you like see that. him last night shouting at Kelsey and, like, scolded and called him over and basically like pointed, like, come stand here? Yeah. It was at one point where one of the Eagle players got hurt, and then Kelsey was starting to mix it up with the defense a little bit. And it's like, side of Andy Reid, you don't normally I saw, see. Did you see him pull aside Kadarius Tony? I was curious what no, that conversation that was about, I too. That one. Because I, I think Darius Tony might have said to him at some point in the game, why aren't you throwing me the yeah, football? Probably. Uh, there's something going on there. But you can't question Andy Reid, right? His pedigree is unquestionable. No, I just wonder would he have berated him if Taylor was there? Mm. No, get out of here. <laughs> Andy <laughs> Reid has no idea. <laughs> Still uh, probably hasn't fully understood what this Taylor Swift <laughs> thing is about. He's not a, care. He's not really, he's sort of myopic, I right. will say that. Uh, as for Kelsey, visibly frustrated on the field and then uh, in the post-game locker room. Not sure if the clip I saw was his full media availability, but it's about 50 seconds or so. We've already heard the first two answers this morning. The one where he said, hey, I'm just we've got to be better. I've sure. got to be better. And the other one where he mentioned that the Eagles didn't do anything to stop them. It was all self-inflicted, so on and so forth. Uh, and then one reporter tried to play the Kelsey brother and Super Bowl rematch angle, and here's how that went. Travis, does this feel like a particularly emotional game to you when you play them? 
Okay, guys. Thanks All right. For having us. Have a good one, guys. All right. See you later. <laughs> wow. Kind of gave a quick nod. No, and that was the you end. You know, of I that. think it's a bigger indignity when you, for like the Eagles, it's like you lost to them in the Super Bowl, so now you win the regular yeah. season rematch. Yeah. It's just kind of like, lame. You know, this happened to a lot of teams where <laughs> they lose the Super Bowl, then they come back and beat them the next it's year. Like, thanks it's for pretty nothing. hollow. I was where was you guys, this in February? That's why I came into this game with low expectations and didn't seem to care. And you guys all said you're being a phony fan. No, because but come on, beating the Chiefs last night does not make anything better no, from no, no. last year. This is why we said you were a phony fan. And this is why we continue to say you're a phony fan. Is because you're there when they win. But when they lose, and they didn't lose last night, they won. But if they yeah. lost, you would have been like, it doesn't matter. Nothing it, it matters. It definitely not, would not right. have mattered. So when the, the Dallas Sixers game lose, will matter. And when the well, Eagles the lose, stink. you're just like, nothing matters. So you only get to enjoy the good times, no. and you have none of the bad times. If you're a fan, you've got to embrace both. You've got to have both sides of the of the coin. Like, you can't just be there in the good days. Like, the Phillies make the play- World Series, they lose. You're like, I don't care. That like, was but ch- you would have celebrated <laughs> if they won. You you shouldn't get to that's get the good times if you don't fair. want the bad that's times. That's not true. I think the Cowboys and the Niners games mean a ton. But, first of all, the Phillies never should have been in the World Series. So that was all... That was, uh, what's the expression? Farcical? No, that was... House money? Uh, house money. House yeah, money. That was the ultimate... The, the Phillies are the ultimate house money team. Nobody in Philadelphia cares if they win or lose. This and is then only they when won. he says the day they get but eliminated. This Cowboys but leading up to it, cap, they're, the, they're the most likable team in the they're country. Still, they're still very likable. They're still, but this Cowboys game is a big deal. Nihilist. This, this two, in two weeks, whether they win that Cowboys game, there's so much that hinges on that two game stretch of the Niners and the Cowboys. I guarantee this game if they lose nothing. to the Cowboys, Pearl will come in no. Monday and say it's not a big deal. No, I will or say some that, version of that. I mean, the, here's the here's the goal. The goal is not <laughs> yeah. to win regular season games. The goal for the Eagles is to win the Super Bowl. Everything else does not matter. So I'm not going to get too excited about you any regular season. You came in after the Super Bowl and said it wasn't a big deal because they won in 2017. That's you. you well, compared <laughs> to your Bills, I'm just saying we've and won. And you had to take me down with you. You can't just live in it yourself. I have to admit, there is there is a growing amount of pressure for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. Even I am setting up to be a little upset. Can if they you don't cut win. that, please? There and is we're going to remind him last of this. Year, and he's like, ah, oh, they lost by three scores in the Super Bowl. It's no big deal. Last year, no one saw it coming. No one had the Eagles preseason. This year... I have to admit, I'm getting uncomfortably nervous. I, last night, I was so nervous. I didn't enjoy it. You said you It didn't matter, that, though. But he was said, uncomfortably nervous. <laughs> said, yeah. <laughs> I don't you, like this feeling of we're supposed to win. Okay, That's not good. Off. That's you, not a good place to be. You also said you hoped yesterday that the Eagles didn't show the Chiefs too much because of the, the Super Bowl rematch is happening. Yes, I did. And I still believe that. And I actually think they achieved that. They did not try many plays on offense. Didn't tip their hand. They they were not. They were running such conservative offense no. all game. I wonder if uh, Nick Sirianni's playing next-level chess there. Th- this to, is Philadelphia. I just can't imagine all of this moral victory will get them next time attitude towards the biggest games of your city's Wait, okay. history. You got you worked in Philadelphia, EJ, yeah, and you know Philadelphia very well, Maggie. Do you think anyone there deep down cares if the Phillies win or lose compared yes. to the Eagles? Compared oh, to the Eagles. Compared to the Eagles, no. Okay, we are a football town, but that doesn't mean you get you if you are a fan, a true fan of your team, you take the good and the bad. Yeah. And, and you, you refuse to take the bad. Well, I just think that they got to the World Series. It's a great story. I, I, I'm not going to be down in the dumps because the Phillies lost the World Series and then next year lost the NLCS. This has been a great run for the Phillies. This team went way beyond, beyond expectations. It's not like your Bills who were favored to win the Super Bowl and fell Stop apart. Stop bringing think, up the Bills. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with the Bills. I'm talking about the Bills right now. Everything to do with expectations. This Eagles team is way different. The Phillies house money. This Eagles team, now there is some pressure. Now they, they kind of have to win the Super Bowl, yeah. which is very tough for Eagles fans. 
I'm glad you brought up Nick Sirianni, whether he's playing next-level chess. Uh, let's check in with the head coach of the team with the best record in football right now at 9-1. and one. Here's a half minute or so from uh, his postgame. Our guys were resilient. We just got a bunch of guys that know how to win. They know how to be resilient. They know how to be, be together. Shoot. They just kept fighting and kept staying together. It was, it, was a, it was just a good team win where everyone just stayed together. The resilience. I, I, it's the resiliency <laughs> and the togetherness that, um, that really stood out to me tonight. It really showed itself tonight how together we were. It wasn't pretty any on either side, right? And whoever was going to win that game was going to do it gritty, grimy, nasty, all those, all those, what are those, adjectives? Yeah, okay, thanks. I went to Mount Union, uh, but it is a good school. Wow. <laughs> a bit reminiscent of his introductory press conference a few years back, but you can't argue with the results. They continue to win games 23-4 and four the past two years, and it's actually 23-2 and two if you take away those couple of games Hurts missed. So that you referenced that last hour, I think. They've been yeah. nearly unbeatable okay. when he's it's, on the field. So this is like whatever. He had this refrain going last night yeah, about yeah. the togetherness. You're down by 10 points at half. I get it. But does anyone think that the Eagles locker room is like on the verge of crumbling or collapsing? Like No, I don't know. I don't know. That's why he kept when he kept referencing togetherness that just seemed like, like of an, course you guys are like you're one of the best teams in from football. last night but it hey. seemed like last night they w- they were the second most talented team on the field and won that's what i think he's talking about like they had the in quote unquote intangible they do keep having, they do keep having to convince us that like jalen hurts and aj brown are friends trust me guys i know they're yelling at each other <laughs> i know aj brown looks like he wants <laughs> to take a swing that's true, but yeah. trust me they're best friends like they do that was happening a lot during the broadcast. Oh, so they did reference that. Uh, right? Yeah, and A.J. Brown. But A.J. Brown is such a malcontent. I totally understand why you do that. No, I get it. I'm just saying if there was anything yeah. that maybe he was talking about, maybe that's what he wanted to yeah. kind of squelch yeah, before it starts. I suppose. Uh, E.J. Yes. just informed us uh, the Steelers have indeed finally fired Matt Canada's Get out of here. Yes. We got to tease that. My All Super Bowl right. oh, pick is back in. Whoa. Never thought I'd see the day. Did that come from above Mike Tomlin? Great question. I mean, this is literally two minutes ago. This was Adam Schefter. Steelers fired Matt Canada. There's very little information other than that, that he's been fired. Wow. Is there even an above Mike Tomlin other than ownership? Like, I know they ownership. have a GM in place, but yeah, like, I would he's say, the guy. Well, ownership. I think it's ownership. All right. Yeah. Statement from the Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. Uh, Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties as offense coordinator. I appreciate Matt's hard work and dedication. I wish him the best moving forward in his career. I can't wait for that. Him meeting the media next. I mean, Tomlin is a legend with what he says <laughs> yeah. into a microphone and dodging questions or handling the media. That's going to be a fun one. All right. We'll have all of that, all the reaction. Pretty good stuff, guys. Thank you so much. That's the big breaking news for the Steelers. Fire back Canada. Steelers, you no longer have Matt Canada to kick around. Is this offense going to look any different? We will talk about that next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Major, major news coming down just moments ago, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers have fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Perloff, you never want to revel in someone losing their job, but this one feels very, very long overdue. We are going to finally learn, was it the offensive coordinator or is it Kenny Pickett? Who is holding back this offense? It's time to put all the cards on the table yeah. for the Steelers. I mean, it also makes me wonder about Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin was defiant in this area. The entire world wanted them to change offense corners. He wouldn't do it. Does this mean he's humble or he was forced to? Great question. Uh, and was it the general manager? Was it ownership? Because Mike Tomlin has a lot of power in that organization, rightfully Definitely. so. And, you know, I wonder if they saw a situation where Joe Burrow is now out for the year. Yeah. 
Deshaun Watson is out for the year and you just lost to the Cleveland Browns. The Raven, the Ravens are the Ravens. Like they're yeah. off to the races in the AFC North, but there's a real opportunity here in the AFC to make the playoffs and to stick with Canada felt a little bit like being complicit, like in, in making this so much harder than it needs to be. Absolutely. Great point. It, it took creatively bad offense to lose to Cleveland. Cleveland offered nothing all game. They didn't move the ball once. All you had to do was come up with 15 points to win that game, and they couldn't do it. That, that being said, I still want them to run the ball. Like, Kenny Pickett is not good. They should not be throwing the ball. But when you do run the ball, don't have don't mix in a negative five-yard run. I think they can be stay conservative with a new offensive coordinator and still be good. They don't need to be, you know, the greatest show on turf. They just need to move the ball once in a while. Get a single first down would be nice. Listen, very winnable games coming up. Well, winnable games coming up with the Steelers at 6-4. and four. You're at the Cincinnati Bengals with Jake Browning yep. starting for the first time. Arizona, New England. These are games are at home at Indy, Cincy again at Seattle. You finish the season at Baltimore. Like this is the moment. Yep. But again, is Kenny Pickett going to be able to run a different type of offense? Well, they're one point dogs at Cincinnati. Do you think the line moves because they fired Matt Canada? I think it does. We will see. We've got a lot more on this. Do not move. Want to hear from you? Pittsburgh Steelers fire their much maligned offensive coordinator, 855 212 4CBS. Don't move. More Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio.